So uh, last week we heard from Steve, and that was on um, that was on love. It's interesting. Every time Steve and I have anything to do with ministry together, we seem to go. Um, uh, what's the word? We just. What am I trying to say? We're one after another a lot of the time, and God reveals one thing to one, and then another to the other. And um, what I got straight after Steve's was um, liberation and salvation, and what the two have together. And our liberation only comes when we accept our inheritance as children. And salvation doesn't just, we hear salvation, we think we're going to go to heaven. And that's true. But salvation is more than heaven. Salvation doesn't start in heaven, it starts here. And only once we start living in salvation now, and in this time, can we actually have our liberation as sons and daughters of God. So our God, our God is outside of what we call time. And uh, therefore, his power and the power that we're going to receive in heaven and who we are in heaven should be now. And I know that there's a lot of hard concepts in here to swallow because I really struggled with a lot of this. And I thought, this isn't what I knew. This isn't sort of how I understood it. But if God is outside of time and we exist now and we exist in heaven, and we, if we were in his eyes, if it's a picture, not a line, well, then we already exist in the future and he can see it. So who we are then and to be should be, and that's how we bring heaven to earth, who we become now. So last week, Steve, was on, Steve spoke about love. And I know last week was really tough. Most of you here, oh, there's actually a few new faces here. Welcome. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, last week, it was a really tough message. Even though it was very easy for Steve to preach on, it was a really tough message. And I know that it was really hard to get into. And I believe that's because that message he spoke of, was it's, that was the great truth. That was the, the greatest truth you could ever have, that God's love prevails. So if it's the greatest truth that we could ever have, Satan's energy, all he does is directly aimed at that. That message last week, that, that God has more for us and that he loves us above and beyond everything we're in and that we could be co-heirs with Christ to a kingdom. That is exactly what he wants to, he does not want us to know that. He's the great accuser. So that, I believe he, fought, he fights that more than anything else because that message is love and God is love and everything God is good for us. So he wants none of that, none of that message to get through to us. So that's why I reckon last week was hard. Um, oh, this better work. Oh, yes. So not that we want to dwell and glorify the enemy, but we have to understand that as much as there's a great truth of God's love, there's another great truth, and that is that Satan's aim is to steal and destroy anything and everything in regards to our inheritance because he lost his inheritance. He threw it away. And then when he was cast out, he only had one. He can't, he can't actually get at God anymore. But we are made in his image, are we not? So we're the next best thing. So everything here, I won't read them all out, but all of it is it's, it's warnings and it's, it's truth, talking about how Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Um, it even talks about the war that broke out in heaven. It, it's, it's, you would have to be brain dead to not understand 
that Satan does not want us to prevail in any way and that he doesn't rest. And I can't read the red now because it's red. Um, it was good on the computer. If you are the son, so this is when, when uh, Satan attacked Jesus in the desert. So um, if you are the son of God, he said, then throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your foot won't hit, won't hit a rock and all that. You all know it. My point of it is Satan even attacked Jesus. So he failed in heaven and he tried again on earth. That sort of enemy, that's an intelligent and organized enemy. That's not, and this isn't to glorify him. This is a warning because this enemy even tried at Jesus. He tried at the human side of Jesus. That's a big deal. That's, he, he, knew, he knows and uh, knew of Jesus better than we do. He knew everything that he encompassed. And he knew that he would be 100% man and 100% God. He knew who he, was, who he was tackling with and he still tried. So that is a serious enemy that we're tackling. So we have to be wary because he's not sleepy. They don't rest and they're always going. So when we let them in, they're in. When we, it's only through God's sovereignty that we don't get destroyed by them because, because he's within us. Yes, so that's enough of their stuff. Um, because at Calvary, Christ, yep, at Calvary, Christ took away the the slavery. He took away. He, he made a way for us to be delivered, because you can't be you can't be liberated until you're delivered. So you can't be become you can't become who you're meant to be until the things that aren't you are taken off you. Um, so that that was that. It was. It's another concept of what why Jesus had to die because we couldn't be liberated without it. We just couldn't be. Even the disciples were liberated in a different way after. He passed, and the Holy Spirit came. So our liberation comes in a form of inheritance, and the inheritance is huge. You could preach so many sermons on our inheritance, but the, the tact I'm going with is the authority and the inheritance we've been given and the fact that I believe that the church, through a systematic enemy and how he works, has started to disarm and is disarming our church, our churches, um, away from understanding who we are. Because only through our liberation is he worried. He's not worried if we're not liberated. Because you can't do what you're meant to do unless you believe who you are. So only when we're liberated is he worried. So that's, that's that lie he gets in there. And every single time, without a doubt, and you, yeah, he'll keep trying a different tact. He'll keep going. Because he failed on God and he failed on Jesus in the desert, but we aren't as strong without him. And we have to keep pushing into this. It, it's listed so many times. There's so much about it because it's so important. Inheritance comes up so many times and, it, and every theme is around it about how, how Jesus, he didn't come to stay and, and rule. He came to pass it on. So then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So that's, that's him declaring his might. Now, if we are children, then we are, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share his glory. When Jesus had called, the tw- when Jesus call- had called the 12 together, he gave them the power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases. We've heard this stuff before. We have. And I know a lot of you have done the same path I have, and it's the, we, we believe this wholeheartedly. And we know that's truth because God doesn't lie. 
And he's always sovereign and always speaks truth into our lives. But why don't we see these things? And I believe it's because we don't know who we are. Or a lot of us don't believe who, and myself included, don't understand exactly who we are. We know who we're meant to be. And we sometimes see glimmers of it. But I don't believe we really walk in what we're, the full in, in our full entitlement of who we're meant to be. So, and this is the example. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. It was already given to Peter and the disciples, this authority. So they didn't pray and ask. They just did. Now, I know you've heard this as well. This is old news for a lot of people. But my point is they knew who they were. And then there's the other verses in Acts about um, when the seven sons of, uh, yeah, and we all know that one. They all got whooped because they didn't know who they were. But they knew who God was and they knew who Paul, they knew, they knew their stuff. But they didn't know who they were. And that's an example of what an enemy can do. If we don't know who we are, we will fall for everything. Not just anything, everything. So I am flying through this. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I don't think I have that much content. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you write, it really looks like I've got heaps. I thought it was going to go too long and you're going to want to go to lunch. Panic. Um, so who's this joker? Yeah. Yes. So I know he, he cops a lot of rap in the media and the whole family does. Um, and it's, I tried finding a funny photo on Google. That's about as funny as I could find. Um, <laughs> But this guy knows who he is. He knows who he is. And as much as he, um, I don't know, he's done some stupid things. He may land his brother. I can't I get him mixed up. They've both got red hair. But um, no, no, no. But I just I don't know which one's which. I can't tell your boys apart. So, um, uh, <laughs> so this guy knows who he is. He will never, ever walk in the streets and think oh, I am in, oh, he might be intimidated, but he will always know who he is. He knows that at his funeral, everyone's going to turn up. He knows that when he does anything, people are going to know about it. He, he, he believes in who he is. He was born that way and he was never told any other way. He was born a prince. So that, that is his identity. He knows it. You could never tell him otherwise. Even when he joined the army, this thousands, hundreds of thousands of people willing to die and serve, but we see him all the time with saluting in his, in his uniform, and he looks great because he knows who he is. And he, he walks in that. Now, I know he's only a human, but he was brought up like that. And for that, while he dominates a lot of life where other people... Last night we watched that, that stupid show, um, <laughs> Princess Diaries. Sophie loves it. Sophie, <laughs> Sophie wants to be a princess in every way of life. <laughs> And I said to her, when she walked in at the very end, when she became a princess, I said, is that what you want? She said, yeah. And, she, and it wasn't just like, yeah, it was ecstatic. I don't want to embarrass her. <laughs> but I, said, I automatically thought, what? and I, know, I always do this, and I don't want to steal Sophie's enjoyment in that time, but I automatically thought, we already have that. But it's not real to us. It doesn't, it, it doesn't it's just a dress and a queen who... He's from the sound of music. That's all it is. She's not, she's not even, that's not even important. 
And even he, it's, what he has isn't even important in the grand scope. But still, none of you could say that if you were told that you were his, you were, you were an heir all of a sudden to an actual kingdom that's physical and tangible, you would be wrapped. You'd be pretty excited. And, and this is why I believe, I don't believe we are bad people. I don't believe that we just don't want God's kingdom. We know that God's kingdom supersedes all this, don't we? We all know that. So why is it so hard? understand what we have. Why, why aren't we excited? Steve last week tried to get us pumped up about God's love and he met a brick wall in, in a lot of us and even me, I'm th- sitting there thinking, I should cheer for Steve. Uh, <laughs> it's just so hard. It is so hard to, and that's why I believe the enemy is prowling and moving all the time because why else? We aren't born innately bad. We, we want to go to our master. We want those things. We feel it in us. We have the law written on our hearts. So why is it so hard to understand and feel? Because I believe we have such opposition and he moves quietly and, he, and he's sneaky. When God wanted to get into Babylon, which was the devil city, there was a cesspool for evil and there's so much in it. But King Nebuchadnezzar, he was a pagan king. He was the one that wanted to burn Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he, hate, he hated it. Like he's, even King Nebuchadnezzar has a crazy journey, but he didn't understand what those people had. And did, Jesus, uh, did God bring uh, Daniel up through the system? And he wasn't King Nebuchadnezzar's right-hand servant. He didn't start at the bottom, work to the top. He didn't do that. God put him at the very top next to the highest. And at that time, Babylon was the world power. And it was an evil willpower. And that was the, so you can understand that there was all allegiance to Satan in that place. There was no allegiance to God there. It only, the only ones that stood were four people when they wanted, had to worship the golden statue. So that isn't a place where God's been invited. So if we think we're in a battle sometimes, that would have been a battle. But God still put Daniel right at the top next to, next to King Nebuchadnezzar, and he changed him in a respectful and powerful way. And that changed King Nebuchadnezzar, and he had a a pretty mental journey. But my point is, Daniel didn't believe himself as a pauper. He didn't believe himself as, oh, I'm going to have to change each person individually from the bottom, and eventually we, we can vote, and then King Nebuchadnezzar will have to keep our God, and eventually he might see some of our scripture. He didn't do that. None of that. It wasn't political. It wasn't even strategic. He just did what God said, and he ended up at the top. He went for the big fish. He didn't go, and I'm not saying that people aren't called to be hands and feet. I am. I am saying that, and that is the, that's the work of Christ. That's what he did. He was out doing that stuff. But there are times when we're called not to just be um, saying, oh, you see someone on the side of the road, and of course you help them. But you could help the President of the United States if he walked past. That's what I'm saying, that we're liberated in such a way that if he doesn't have God, well, he doesn't have something you don't, that you have. You have more than he does. More than he does, if he doesn't believe it. More inheritance, you're more of an heir, and you have a greater kingdom than he does. So they need to listen to you and respect, respect what we have if we can understand what we really have. Moses is another one. Why was Mo? I, I never, I just, you read over Moses and go, sweet, he split the sea and he smashed a rock and water come out and <laughs> cool stuff happened and then they end up getting burnt in the desert for 40 years. But it was more than that. Why was Moses, he was a slave as a child. He was born into slavery. But why did God liberate him? And I, I, had, I had to read, I, I, read, I read this. This wasn't 
my finding, so I don't claim that. But why did Moses get liberated into that spot? And God didn't just bulldoze through the front door. He snuck him in. In the most humble way you could go in, in a basket, in water. He could have drowned. Um, because the Israelites needed a prince. They didn't need a slave who was throwing spears and, and, and was writing to get into the kingdom and say, we want, we want out. He, he, God needed a prince in that time for those people because God knows in a slave's mind, they're told when to eat, they're told when to walk. They can't release a kingdom. You can't. If we keep the slave mentality that, uh, for instance, Mel was even saying today that she felt um, that this time when uh, some of our leaders are away and we still have some, but some of Mark and Cheryl aren't here, that, oh, well, what do we do? Um, yeah. Yeah, well, who's going to lead and, and who's going to do these things? And I kept, when I was sitting there praying and thinking, I'm thinking, oh, I hope this is all right. I've got no one here to pull me in the line and stuff like that. But God wants us all to be princes and princesses. And not just because we need to be liberated, because we can't do anything unless we are. Or we're the same as everyone else. He can only do what he does because he is who he is. If he just rocked up walking around with a crown on saying, I'm the next king, which I don't think he is. It's the other one in it. It's his uncle or whatever. If he started doing that, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'd respect them more if they were here. I know we. Um, uh, he couldn't just roll out and start doing that stuff because it's not his inheritance. But if it was his inheritance and you started doing that stuff, people start listening. People, things start happening. And guess what? God starts moving. If you believe in what he gave you or has for you, well, then you can receive it. And I know sometimes we only take portions of it. We see little things, but we don't sometimes get the whole package. And that's that. Um, Mel got another thing today. <laughs> got many things. And it was a verse about how, pardon, the Lord, it came to you, Mel, um, that God's always constant in what he does. And we know that. And his love's always there. And the only thing that ever changes in that equation is us. So for us to become more like him and walk into that, it's, it's on us to change. Now, you can ask for God's help for that, but it's actually on us because his inheritance and the bank vault full of everything that's there is always there, always has been. So the news is in that we can, we can aim for the top. I sometimes sit at home thinking, Julia Gillard, Tony Abbott, we should pray for them. I'm thinking, oh, pray for what? They stop dancing on tables and breaking stuff or kicking each other out of leadership. What do you pray for? It just seems so lost. And then I realized Daniel didn't rise through that system. Moses didn't rise through that system. We sometimes want a, politi uh, a politician to go out there and forth, you know, be the forefront for God, but that's not how God did it a lot of the time. He can do it any way he wants. But I'm just saying two of the greatest – I mean, Moses was with Pharaoh. Look at Egypt today. It's Pharaoh. Egypt was an evil place, an evil place. And still, he just, around the, he just went round. He didn't do it man's way. And that's what I'm trying to say. We don't have to do it man's way. And God doesn't do it man. He's, it's, it's not governed by how we do it. God, you've got to put someone through politics till you can change our system on, on all the many things we don't agree with. It doesn't work like that. God is beyond that. And I think sometimes we box him and say, if you don't give me, if you don't give these, the person to vote for, I'll vote for them, but God, there's no Christian, so I'm not even going to vote. I won't even sign up to the electoral 
thing. I'm not enrolled at the moment by accident, but <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So a lot of the Bible we saw the Israelites and how they moved, and and the, and just that God's people group and what they did, and. I don't know if you noticed, and well, you will notice, but people didn't just see them and go, oh, it's the Christians. They're going to talk about all the things we don't want to talk about, and they're going to, oh, geez, they're closed-minded. They feared them. Not them as a people. They feared who was behind them. I'm not talking like we need to be a people of fear and we need to dominate. I'm not saying that, but we do need to dominate the spiritual. Uh, sorry, I should have read this before, but yeah. That's, yeah, that's a bit about those two and how even, even Moses said that he was, um, he was worried about who he was and basically, I'll be with you. And that, that's our inheritance. So we've covered that. Now, all the Amorite kings west of Jordan and all the Canaanite kings and along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over. Their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. The Israelites were like a nomadic people almost. They didn't have it. A lot of the time they didn't have a stronghold. I'm sure they weren't carrying dragon catapults behind them. and I'm sure they didn't have a big horse army. Like There would have been stronger enemy, uh, human strongholds and armies out there. But their hearts melted in, the fear, in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Now, we don't wage war the same way now. We don't cross rivers and walk through them and wait for them to dry out. We often just go over a bridge. But... Or we fly planes in and we bomb each other. Our war's different. But the Israelites, it was a holy war. And God moved in holy ways in that time. And that, that was the church or the, the start of a church. And people feared, kings feared them. Elisha, he, he, all of, a lot of kings is about him going back and forth between the king. Or even the enemy kings worried about this prophet because he could hear from God. And they worried about what he was saying to the, to the kings they were opposing. They were worried because he was on their side. I hate to say it, I don't think that our church moves like that now in that same way. Oh, look, I don't see it, and uh, myself included, but we don't often see the, the power of God intervening. And I believe that's not because he's doing it a different way now. He's always done it the same way. He always wins. He always does it out of our system. Every time, well, just about every time. And it's, it's when people believe in who they are. The Israelites knew when they got to that water. I know that some of them would have been dis in disbelief, but the ones that led them knew. If we stand here, is that me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we stand here, at this, at this river, it'll dry up. It will dry up and we'll pass. And then we get to the other side. They'll, they'll fear. We heard it about with the walls of Jericho. They had no idea why they were doing it, but they knew God was going to do something. It would, have been, it would have been a crazy sight, any of these, but they still did it. And when the people saw, the enemy saw them doing this stuff, they feared. And fear is also respect. They, and they don't go to war because they're exactly the same and they have the same ideals. They went to war because their ideals are different and they worship different gods. So. And, and, and God had given them land that they were going to take. So these weren't common people that had the same ideas. It's much the same as now. We don't have the same ideas as everyone else. And a lot of the time we clash. 
but we're not meant to move through polling systems unless God says it. We're not meant, a lot of the time we're not meant to do that. We, we, it says we're, not, we're meant to be in the world, not of the world. Well, the world is the normal, the normal things we see. And I'm not saying God doesn't bring people up through those systems. He, he very way, he very, he could. <laughs> but it looks like in our parliament at the moment, we don't have a lot of them. So it makes you think, well, maybe there's meant to be these, the Daniels, the Moseses, doing these things that go, well, who, what say do you have in this place? And you go, you don't even know who I am. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I carry? Do you know what's within me? And that's, that's different. That's not, I got voted in. Oh, you have to listen to me and I have a seat. Who cares about the seat? Who cares? I'll kick you out anyway. Well, in Australia, they will. So if, if they can say to you, you don't have that right, you go, I have every right. I have every right. And, and I don't know whether to, what the hell they'll take it, but if you could say, I'm an heir to a kingdom that rules this kingdom. We were called to serve. We were not called to be subservient. We aren't, we aren't made to be a, a, a pawn in the system. When, when, that's not how it works. It's not a numbers game. God doesn't have to use numbers. Time and time again, he, numbers were against them and they won every time. So it's, it's not about numbers. It's, it's about what God, God's doing inside and what he has, you, has, has for you in your liberation and in your inheritance. So we have, this, is, this is where it gets a little bit hard and I struggle still. We're meant to be viewed in such a way. And we, have, we know this. We are beautifully and fearfully made. Is that how it goes? Yeah. In his image. So, and I really struggle with this now because God doesn't make junk. We know that. We claim that a lot of the time. He doesn't make junk. If someone's down, you give them those, that truth. Do you believe that truth? Because I believe a lot of the time we don't. And when, when, when the guys are up here worshipping, this is the bit where people always struggle, because I believe that the church in some ways has a false humility. And in that I mean sometimes being humble is easier and it keeps you out of trouble. Because you go, no, 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 God did it. Look at God there. He did that worship. And if you just praise him, I won't get proud. Don't worry about being proud. God will fix that. God can work with you in that. But he's co- clearly, Mel, I keep looking at you. You have a calling on your life because you intercess for people and God gives you things. If you get timid and humble, to over, false, a false humility, you'll say, well, God, are you really saying that? Or is it me? God made you and he made you beautiful and he made you in his image. And it's the same with everyone. He made you warriors. He made you this way. So if we don't walk in that, we, we won't do it. You won't do it if you don't believe it. You won't do it. The worship leaders and the singers, you sound beautiful for a reason. He made you beautiful. He didn't make this, this really crap painting, junky painting, um, <laughs> painting, and then go, oh, I've left so much out, but when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to look beautiful. It already is beautiful. We, we were redeemed. We were perfect. We're perfectly imperfect. You have to hold your head up high. We are great. We are great. These people, they didn't just drag their feet. They carried a God with them. They knew they were great. And other kings knew they were great. That's why they panicked. They didn't panic because 
a heap of, a heap of slaves rocked up. In that time, it was the first covenant, so they were more like slaves, but we're different again. We're not anymore. That's done. That's finished. So when someone says to you, and I read this, I can't take credit for it, but when someone says to you, that sounded beautiful, that song, Ross, good job. And if Ross says, it was just God, you could say back, well, God's voice would have sounded better than that. <laughs> it would have. Well, it was, it was good, but it wasn't that good. <laughs> and, and it's true. It's true because if God spoke through Ross audibly, we'd probably be like the Israelites on the ground and or we'd be blown through the window. So, so instead, God anointed them with beautiful voice boxes that make nice sounds, and that's beautiful, and you can stand on that. And when people say who you are, I'm a beautiful creation of God who's an heir to a kingdom. Amen. That's, that is who you are, and I sing, and I sound good because God made me good. I don't sound good because I made myself good. I'm good because God made me good. And when, when God gives you truth, he gave me the truth. I'm holding that truth. It's mine to it's mine to have and to freely give because I freely received it. But it's a great truth. And if I have greatness in me, I too am, am great. And so are you. And this is the enemy's lie. I sat down there before and I'm like, well, even when Mark asked me to, to, uh, to give a sermon, I thought, oh, God, I'm just going to make myself nothing and I'll hear from you. And the first thing to come through was the same thing he's been doing. All, it's been like a, two months I've been going through this stuff. And I'm like, it can't be that guy. You surely you're just going to go and give me something new. It wasn't like that at all. It was everything that he's given me already and just give it to, because we all need to know this. That if I didn't believe in who I was, I probably would have given another sermon on something else because this is hard to swallow a lot of the time. Some of this stuff is really challenging because it means we don't often know who we are. So we're his greatest creation and... Uh, we're a little lower than the angels, and it says when we go to heaven, we'll be even above them. So I say this, and I don't want to offend anyone, but it's wrong to pretend otherwise. It's wrong. And it's wrong to suggest that we aren't amazing and that we're not powerful in God. It's wrong. Because you can sin by not moving as well. And not that God's worried about that sin. He doesn't care about that. He's worried because we're not moving, and he knows how important that is for us. So it's an identity thing. It's an inheritance and an identity. You cannot receive your inheritance unless you know who you are. So if, if I told you that your, 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 your parents or your grandparents have left you this, all this money in the bank, and, um, well, no, I didn't tell you that. You've read that. And then someone comes along and says, that's not actually your last name. You aren't that person. That stuff's really there. Sort of. It's a bit, it's not as good as you think it is, but it's there because you hear about it and the Bible says it and stuff. But, but that's not who you are. You, you, cannot, you can't walk in there. When you have to walk in there and, and thumbprint or whatever and say your name and say, oh, I belong to this inheritance, it's mine, you can't receive it unless you believe who you are because you don't know your own name. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're meant to receive. If they say, you tell me what is in here for you because apparently you have a list of what God gave you. So just tell us what, you, what he has for you. If you don't know who you are and what God has for you, you can't use it. And that's Satan's trick. If you don't know who you are, you can't get it. So, and he's only worried when we know who we are. So at the current, I would say he has pretty good grip on the church in ways. And they're not giving him that glory. I'm just saying that he doesn't sleep and he's been watching us for X amount of thousand years. He knows how we work. He knows how we think. He knows how we do church. 
He doesn't, and he knows how powerful we are. He's seen Elijah's, he's seen Elisha's, Daniel, John, Moses, he's seen them, and it scares him. It scares him because the more we, we learn who we are, the more we become like God, and God scares him. So that, that in itself is why it's so hard. So this message today, if it's hard to swallow and digest, it's a good thing because it means there's stuff trying to block it. And it was, I had to read and read and read and sit, and Steve and I prayed over and over, just trying to work out, this is not what we've ever heard before, that I'm great, that I'm allowed to be great. Aren't I a, a vessel that just floats through life and sometimes God uses you? Well, we are. I love to float, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we're more than that. We're not slaves. That was, that's finished. That's done. You're not a slave. You choose to love now. We don't have to do it. The sacrifice has been made. So this, it, it's Satan's oldest trick. He doesn't lie, lie completely all the time. They're half-truths. Adam and Eve, you will, know, you will have knowledge. Yes, you will. It will kill you. He didn't say that bit. <laughs> this knowledge will kill you. Just left that bit out. But they will have knowledge, and they got knowledge, and then they died. So the, the knowledge, the, what Satan does to us is go, yeah, you know about this inheritance, but remember all this stuff. Remember that stuff. Remember that you aren't Elijah. You aren't Moses. And that oh, if you want to change these laws, you're going to have to climb. You're probably too old to get into politics. You can't do it. You don't need politics. You don't need the system because we're not in the system. We're above the system. And it's a lie straight from Satan. And we should rebuke that every day because he never stops on this. And it, he, he, can, he can't, he, he has nothing new to make up. They're just old. He just twists God's word. He didn't even have words before God made them. So he will just twist God's words till the day he is thrown away. And he'll keep twisting them saying, you're not who you are and you can't receive your inheritance because you have this in your life. Who cares? Get over it. it God washed that away. And at the end of this, when we pray, we're going to pray that God will convict things in your heart that you can just wash away because that's all you need to do. Wash away, receive his inheritance, and then you're liberated. And when you're liberated, you know who you are, and that's when you start dominating. That's when people start getting healed. That's when demons start getting cast out quick. That's when things start really moving, when you know who you are. So it's out of this inheritance that we, need, we really need to focus on who we are and what we walk in um, because that's how the disciples walk boldly. At the, at, when Pentecost came, um, and they were out acting like nut jobs and running around doing stuff, and everyone said they were drunk. They knew who they were. God, Jesus had spent three years showing them who they were. And that was part of the old system. And then when Jesus died, they received the, the next set, the, the, all their inheritance, and they went mental. And then the church started on, on Peter. Like, and, and then you see what happened to Paul. Paul didn't know who he was until God showed him, and then he went crazy. He did amazing things. And it was only after God showed him who he was. And anything less than that is a waste of our inheritance. We can't reclaim God's kingdom. We can't do any of these things without it. And that's why I believe it's, it's part of God's love. It's all encompassed by love, and it's the greatest truth. That he died. We, had, we have this love for us waiting. We have this inheritance. And only when we use it are we actually, we have salvation on earth. Because salvation on earth isn't here for a lot of people a lot of times. Even though you accept God, I believe that salvation is still there for them. But we can bring that to earth. 
We can bring heaven here now. We can do these things. It's what the disciples did. It's what Jesus spoke of. He was heaven walking on earth. And if we're meant to be co-heirs with Christ, we can do these things. We should walk boldly, pray in time, pray faithfully in times of darkness. And when we pray and we, we ask is finished, asking for healing is finished. And God, there was times where people asked and lay on hands and there was that time together and God flowed through people. But so many times Jesus said, get up and walk. The disciples said, get up and walk. It's already been done. The permission's already been given. It's just us that isn't there listening or believing. So, yeah, I don't want to leave this on a heavy note that we're not where we need to be. I'm leaving you with a note. Firstly, why don't we appreciate the fact that we're not this dude? (laughs) Why does he have so much? He was born born into that and told he had that. And we were born... We weren't born into it. We were born into sin. But someone come along and told us that there's more. And that's the difference. It's, it's, it's how long the enemy has at us before we believe this stuff. How long can you get his lies in? Because the moment you know, that's it. That's, you, you'll explode. You'll explode. Your worship will change. Everything will change. But it's getting to this point. Now, I know it's not just once you're there, it's there. But things will, things will be different. And I believe that so wholeheartedly. I've, I, I, even uh, Grace and Elijah in Fiji, if any of you know them, they're the other church plant in Fiji. A lot of the stuff um, that we, Soph and I had a chance to speak to them on our honeymoon, and they believe who they are. They believe who they are. And people do seances around their house. They do cr- crazy things happen there. But it means nothing. Grace just laughs. You've got to meet Grace to know what Grace is like, but she just laughs. And she knows who she is. And when people, we only fear these things, the enemy, because we don't know who we are. They know who we are or could be. But, it's be- and, and that's why I believe in this Western world, we don't see the enemy a lot. I believe where if they started popping up, this church would be full. If we saw more things happening on the physical, things getting a bit creepy, Hollywood style, you'd see the church is full because people start to panic. And they start to go, what is this enemy? I need to know what's going on. They're smarter than that, and they work silently, and we're a lazy, whatever. We can just flow through life. And that's, the, I believe, the trick. That our inheritance is stolen slowly. And the longer that we, we don't find and believe who we are and find this spot, the more he'll get in there and talk to you about what you don't have. And um, I honestly believe the moment we get this, and the faith rises among people because we believe who we are, that each and every single one of you are an heir to a kingdom, which makes you a prince or a princess. You don't walk around the streets with your head low, do you? You own the streets. You own the streets. You have dominion in that time. The, the enemy can't get at you. And, and when you feel outnumbered, you feel like things are going poorly, and I'm speaking as a young man who hasn't seen a lot of life, but I've seen enough to know that you can be... It's not. It's subservient to you. The enemy, you are above them. And everywhere they move, because they move all over the joint, you are above them. And everything, every other system in this world is below our feet. Because that's what Moses did. That's what Daniel did. They didn't do it the same way. So if I can just leave that with you, you have so much more. And when we start doing it all together, 
This will be the church. This will be church. Have you guys heard about what's happening at Catalyst? People getting healed all the time. And then when that faith moves on, I just think it's really simple. I think it's really, really simple. And it really frustrates me. I say, sit in bed talking to God saying, why is it so simple but we don't see it? But I just, I just know that someone tries to steal it from us, snatch it. Because this is a double-edged sword, this church, his word, if we move that way. And, um, yeah, we will really see things happen if we can believe that. And it's not just now. It's not just accepting, oh, God, I really I'm starting to understand that. It's, a, it's pushing into that. It's reading that, knowing that. Every time the enemy comes at you, you know, even Steve said, we had a talk about, he was saying for the first time he woke up and he felt a little bit scared in the night and um, the, for the first time ever. And he said, uh, oh, I just don't know what that was. So we prayed over it and we really felt like there was a, you know, a spirit of fear above that. And by the end of it, what we got was God saying, stand in the darkness with your hands out with a smile. Just stand there. You own the darkness. And eventually you get to the point where you can see through it. And I don't know what that looks like for each individual, but this should be normal. And that's not to get you down. That's just saying God has a message because this was confirmed over and over and over again in there. This is for the church. This isn't just for me and it sounds good, I hope. Um, it's, <laughs> it's for the church that he has more. And you can stand in the dark and smile, that you can, can do whatever you need to do in God. And then when we get sensitive to what he's saying, we won't be saying, why didn't the mountain move? I have a huge mustard seed of faith. He's not saying to move the mountain. Jesus said, I can only do but what my father commands me to do. And whenever he did it, it worked because he knew what God was saying and God was with him. So we're not rogues. We're not going to become little wizards running around blowing things up. <laughs> it's more than that. It's more than that. We listen to what God says and we have great power. But it's sensitivity to that. And that's an inheritance. That's sensitive to your dad. Listen to what he's saying. I'm trying and I'm starting to hear it and it's, it's hard, but it, it works. So I think we'll pray and then we're going to do that song one more time and then because that song is liberation and it meant nothing to me until this stuff started happening. It meant nothing. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, Bethel Church, whatever. <laughs> you, got, you got good voices and stuff, but whatever. So, but now it means something because we are liberated and I will never, ever walk the same way, never, ever, ever. And I want, I want to have to get to the point where I have to cover my face because there's too much light coming out of it. That's what I want. That's, that's what we need to be aiming for, that there's, there's so much God in us that people who just walked into the room, I, I, you can feel something. That's what we want. So, and then at the end, we'll just, I reckon we'll pray. And, if, and it's not a, I am not a son and please pray for me because I want to be. It's a, just come and receive from God because this is about receiving. This is about, Ignoring the lie of Satan and receiving what God has. So, yeah, we'll do that song. I'll just pray and then come up if you just want to receive. And this liberation that I'm trying to get across is also that there's not just some prayers and some people that do some things. It's everyone, everyone. And if you're all liberators as a, as a prince and a princess, you'd stand here and go, I'm confident to stand here. Because at the start, I was thinking, uh, maybe this is just me and I'm, I'm a little bit whack with some of the stuff I think about. And then I realized, no, this is my home and I'm a prince. So hear me, church, because 
It's from God. So come and pray for each other. Come and receive, and we'll just uh, see what happens. So, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're a father. I thank you that you own a kingdom and that you want to share the kingdom, that it wasn't just a kingdom where you just dominate and, and we, just, we just walk in lines like slaves building pyramids. That time is done. Lord, that's finished. God, we know that you have so much more for us. And I just know so much that the enemy would steal that as much as he can. Lord, so I rebuke Satan and all his work in Jesus' name because he obeys you. He is, you are more powerful than him and you are within us. So we stand against that and say, we want more of you, Father. I pray you'll keep the soft hearts, Lord. And I just pray for people's weeks, Lord. I just pray that you will be with them. Help them to know that they don't walk through their office or their workshop, wherever they are. That's just a normal pauper. They're not a slave. They are a prince or a princess, and they own this place. And the tent pegs will only be moved through people like them. We cannot reclaim your kingdom as slaves. Slaves work in it, Lord. We want to extend it. So God, reveal that this week to the church. Father, show them that you never, ever wanted us just to be slaves. You wanted sons and daughters, friends, to work for you, Father, to, to dominate this world, Lord. We'll turn kings, presidents, whatever we have to do, Lord. That's how you do it. Do it your way. Give glory to you for that, Lord. And we thank you.